So real estate is about to deal yeah. with a little bit of a shakeup because of the blockchain technology. Now, blockchain, I've heard this criticism. It is a solution in search of a problem. I think that's a vast overgeneralization that for a lot of reasons tends to be untrue, but sometimes it does seem like this technology, distributed ledgers, the blockchain is <laughs> trying to be used to reinvent things that don't need it. However, with real estate, the act of selling and buying uh, real property, I think that there's a ton of things that can be done a lot better, a lot quicker, and a lot more secure with the use of blockchains. So the article I brought today dives into that a little bit. And it talks about how, first it talks about how real estate transactions today are being done, uh, being settled via the use of cryptocurrencies rather than paying for your property in fiat, like the US dollar. Now, there are very, very few. I think only a handful of transactions have been completed with uh, cryptocurrency and all of them have been settled in their entirety, purchased in full. We are not at the point yet where we're taking out mortgages in cryptocurrency. But to bring it back to blockchain, I think blockchain really could transform, and this is what the article says, but I agree with it, could transform real estate to improve safety, integrity of data, and speed of transactions by simplifying the transmission of data, reducing the time between the signing of the preliminary sales agreement to the deed of sale before the notary. Um, I've gone through the process of buying uh, a home. I it, it was I'm have to be done with it because the joy of looking for your home that kind of wears off. It's an exhausting process. But even when you find a home, there is this giant months long process that has to go on with many 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 third parties intermediaries, and it's really just because you don't have information. And to be honest, even they sometimes don't have all the information, which is why you need things like title insurance. This idea that uh, after you move in, someone might show up with the actual title and then your SOL. So you have to buy insurance against that possibility of being kicked out of the house you just purchased. All of these are examples of people just not having fair access to complete data, which I think is really what is being pitched here uh, for blockchain to solve. So what you, would you think about the article? Yeah, exactly. So now imagine you're buying a house after selling your current house, right? Because when you moved into your house, I know that you did not own previously. That's your first house. So now imagine trying to manage an entirely separated group of stakeholders where you have to somehow transition your life from one to the house to the next. It makes it twice, three times, four times, I don't know, much more painful. And this is what I met up with. This is what I discussed with the founder in Miami when I was down there. So he has a real estate startup that he's gotten bootstrapped and he's able to help remove thousands of dollars out of the value chain in savings for his clients. But it's a traditional SaaS platform at the moment. But he sees this potential for smart contracts. He eventually wants to get it there. And the, the startup is called padblock.com. And you can see block, it's even in the name. And that was intentional when he, he founded this a couple of years ago. So it really illuminates me when I see a founder trying to remove pain from the interaction. 
when you can identify a pain point in any consumer interaction, that's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now, it's it's not only painful, but it's also expensive, as you mentioned. I mean, title insurance, all that stuff. Like, this is a world I don't know. I've never bought real estate, mm-hmm. but it's like... Oh, you know how much it was? So, so when, I, when I bought my house, so I had the money ready to go. This is all separate from my down deposit, my tax reserves. All the money was good. But on top of that, I had to pay closing costs of around $2,000. And when you look at the laundry list of all the things and the people you're paying just to, just to, to make a transaction happen when the buyer and seller are already good to go, it, it's thousands of dollars. Yep. And that's just because you don't, that's just the way it goes. And you're told, just accept it. That's the way it's done. We need these people. And um, yeah, cause you're already warmed in, you're already warmed up and seduced into paying a bunch of high ticket, items that they just it's like at the car dealership when you buy a car and they just throw all this extra stuff in there while well, you're already paying <laughs> right however much money you might as well you're already warmed up to the fact that you're you're getting wrecked on a, a financial deal so that's that's where they can just come in and do it and now a lot of these places i think it's regulated to the point where i mean new york mm-hmm. i know is is crazy the way you have to go through a broker just to rent an apartment um I've heard some crazy stories about how, how it is there. That's it's a little different, but. Well, you know, that's, that's a really interesting point because this process has deficiencies by default. It's very hard to get this information. And so regulators see, look, we, we need something. We need to plug the hole in the dam. So let's not only allow, but let's mandate these third parties to come in, fix the problem here. But now, now you have a, a regular, you have a requirement. So now the the person acting as this intermediary fixing this problem deficient within this whole buying real estate process is now a required part. So it's almost like the Band-Aid gets stuck to the body. And now you have to figure out how to just completely rip it off. And that's definitely a hurdle to enacting something like this. Yeah. And I just think these blockchain real estate articles, I want to point out the act of buying property with cryptocurrency. Okay. That's that's really kind of boring and not interesting. I'm not going to think that that's what gets people interested in this thing. What's really interesting is what we are talking about, a transparent mm-hmm. value chain of interactions. Yeah. And with a smart contract, you can have it just automatically executing and you can audit the, the trail and you see exactly what's going on. I mean, that's where this is really, really interesting. And then, of course, that record of ownership just having having a way to look at that so you don't get those the title insurance isn't even a problem that, that you need to even right worry about well, so and you want to know another yeah. angle about this is uh unless you have a real estate agent the information you have on these properties is always a couple days behind so when i sign up with a real estate agent i get access to this this behind the scenes app so i see homes when they come on the market two days faster that, that's oh, just wow asymmetry of information that benefits those who can afford or, or, or just go through an agent of some kind. And it, uh, you know, it, there should be an option just to have completely public, uh, blockchain of data to just see everything about a property. But, um, that's, that's the full vision of, of where this could go. It, there's yeah. going to be intermediary steps. And I think there's this, this idea of, of, of getting it there and, when you're using agents, I mean, there, there's going to be a need. There's always going to be a segment of the market that wants a person to help them. But what uh, Al, 
what, what I was, what Alberto was explaining to me in Miami, the founder of this startup, it's that the, the, with the way the market has shaped up for housing, a lot of people are opting for the do it yourself process where they don't want to go through a broker, an agent and share, share in the revenue that, you know, they don't want to pay some kind of fee on closing mm-hmm. because it's, it's a hot market. So you have a lot more people who are, if they are selling their houses, they want to do it themselves. So I just view opportunities like this. I, I really liked his idea. We're, yeah. we're going to work on a little bit more. Hopefully I can get him on here. Um, I think we could talk to him, but I would love, I, to. Uh, would yeah. love to shine a little bit more. I'll, I'll put a link in the description. His, his startup was padblock, P-A-D-block.com mm-hmm. and some interesting stuff going on that, down there in Miami. So, Excellent, bud. Excellent. Well, uh, that's all I had. Did uh, did you want to swing it over to your your article? Yeah. So this article Kotaku put out about the Spice Dow buying a Dune book in December. So this actually happened last month, but the Kotaku Kotaku article was very clickbaity and it got disseminated. I I saw it. I hadn't read about this before, but what essentially happened was a group of Dune enthusiasts raised about $3 million and bought an original type of manuscript. This book, they were going to make a Dune movie back in the seventies or eighties. Pink Floyd was going to make the music. They had Orson Welles was going to be in it. Like a, a bunch of high profile Hollywood entertainers, musicians were on board, but ultimately they couldn't get this sold to Hollywood and so this book, this, these materials, this manuscript of this movie is a bit of a living legend, I guess, in the Dune community. And the enthusiasts have been salivating over, over this. And so this guy, this really interesting guy, actually organized this DAO to try to buy it. And they, they bought it, $3 million. And so they, they put out this premise like they want to make a cartoon out of it. They want to share the book but there's copyright issues. So Kotaku article, this author, this journalist is saying, Hey, like it's another crypto swindle, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's, it's more the same from these people who are just jealous haters and it's relentless. I mean, he's saying there were hijinks in the auction. And when you, he cited a a Buzzfeed article, I mean, you actually go and read that article, the source material from December. I don't even know what the guy was talking about. I mean, it didn't make any sense to me the, the way he was grilling on and, and dunking on the, the spice out guy, because here you had, you had a, a, a kid who was bullied after nine 11 and had all these different things going on. Who just sounds like a really nice person. I don't, I don't know the guy, but um, you know, when you actually looked into it, it just seemed like this, this guy was just a nerdy guy who was really into Dune and um you know, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't view it as a total scam, but I also kind of see the other side of it, where it's like, hey, these DAOs raising a ton of money. It's it's a bit crazy. It, it could be a little bit of a fluke in the market, but mm-hmm. people do stupid things with a couple million dollars all the time, and, and you never hear about it. So, yeah. um, well, what do you think? Well, so I was trying to understand what exactly was purchased, and it looks like it's just you know a copy of, like you said, um, basically a book of uh, some notes. And concept art that a filmmaker who wanted to make a movie, a Dune movie, put together. 
And this isn't even the only copy that this DAO now owns. So if the I'm just trying to understand the justification for pouring millions of dollars into this would probably be, I think they even said so to try to make a movie, right? They, they want to produce an original animated limited series inspired by the book and sell it to a streaming service. The problem is Warner Brothers and Paramount just made Dune. So I assume they pretty much own the right to Frank Herbert's works. So, and so I guess I kind of agree with the criticisms, to be honest, because I don't see any reality where you just go ahead and like, you can make whatever you want, but who are you going to sell it to? What streaming service is going to buy it and then give the middle fingers to Warner Brothers, one of the biggest production companies in the world, who they probably already have a partnership with. So look, if you want to pay $3 million so that you can look at some concept art from a movie that was never made, your money is spent exactly. you it's, 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 I know. I'm with you. It, I'm not. That's exactly yeah. it. And, and there was this quote in the article. I want to. Uh, we, we're at almost that time here. I can kind of end it. That I, I liked this from the BuzzFeed news article. The original article was that as a result, cryptocurrencies, new millionaires often think of their wealth and how to spend it very differently than bankers and hedge fund managers do. And mm-hmm. that impulse clearly informed the Spice Thou's decision to purchase this quote unquote Dune Bible. So, I mean, people spend a lot of money on stupid things all the time. That's a fair opinion of this, but so I'm I'm thinking about one other different way is like, okay, maybe their original plan wasn't, didn't go, it's not viable, but this is still a DAO. It's a, it's an organization. And if the people who have claim on these assets want to take these assets and put them to work in a different direction, like you just put it through a business lens. It's like, all right, we have a pool of money that our first plan didn't work out. Um, let's try something else. Let's, let's create Dune in a different way, or let's make something that resembles, is like an homage to Dune like this. Yes. It's very easy to dunk on this story and these people, but, um, it's not like people just burned. I don't know. Well, maybe they did burn a bunch of money. So this guy, there was this Dune Bible became the subject of a documentary series a couple years ago, apparently. And that's when people, these enthusiasts found out about the existence of these, uh, this whole thing. And, the director of that documentary was was a, was skeptical about what this guy was doing, but then he actually talked with this young guy who, who started it, and he he's quoted in the in the article saying, "I went in there skeptical, like who's this guy who spent all this money on the book? Is he a hedge fund manager or something horrible?" But he, he was struck by the guy's youth, his humble roots, and his personal journey, and so you have the guy who made the documentary coming around saying this this person's legitimate and kind of a genuine Mm -hmm. person so i just you know the way that kotaku dude wrote about it was just a little off-putting i guess but at the same time it's like yeah i you're not probably going to be able to monetize this book and make a cartoon out of it that that's a little bit you know you probably shouldn't have said that and you probably shouldn't have believed it if you put money in the style yeah yeah i I, but you know what yeah if if you Want to put your money towards this? Yeah, whatever. I I don't know. I'm just not <laughs> going to get upset. I'm not going to get upset about every single story where it seems like people wasted their money. Like that shit happens <laughs> every day, everywhere. Like whatever, man. You want to buy like a like you, you, people want to buy a billion dollar yacht. I don't really see how that's that much different. Like it's right. it's just go burn your money however you want. I don't give a shit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We have bigger problems to worry about. So yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, this is good talk. Definitely 
talk to you later this week. Um, and always enjoy these conversations, man. So absolutely, bud. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. See ya. All right. Bye.